Hey folks, welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Off the Record. You know who needs Off the Record? This guy got popped in Northern California last week for allegedly speeding. It was allegedly, of course, because it's bullshit if you ask me. I wasn't speeding. I was obeying the letter of the law. And you know who's going to prove it? Off the record. I sent my ticket over to them. It was so easy. I just went to offtherecord.com slash TST. You can also download the Off the Record app and use code TST10. Scanned my ticket, uploaded it, copied some information from the ticket, the date that the court date is, the uh, the type of violation, uh, the, the, the court that they want me to appear in, copied that in to make sure it went right, and paid a small uh, retainer feed off the record. Boom! They assigned me with an attorney. That attorney also wrote me an email uh, just now to confirm some of the information I put on there, and uh, and they're taking care of it. I don't have to do anything else. And off the record estimated my success rate in getting those points off my record at 90 So I will keep you guys posted how that goes. But other people have had the same exact experience. They hit me up all the time saying off the record saved their backsides. So don't plead guilty to a ticket ever. Don't just pay the fine and hope it goes away. It won't. That insurance uh, surcharge, those court costs, they'll follow you around for a while. And that stuff can snowball and really mess up your life. So, offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off The Record app. Do it if you get a ticket and you will be good to go. All right, folks, on this show, very special guest phoning in from Portugal, where he lives. It's the chairman of Zenvo Automotive, the Danish hypercar maker, Jens Svedrup. This guy has been around the world, literally uh, has worked for like almost all of the major boutique hypercar manufacturers. He is one of the most experienced executives in the space that you will ever hear from. He has some amazing stories about working at Koenigsegg and Zinger, Rimac, and uh, and now is here with his new uh, babies at Zenvo, the Aurora product line. Uh, Jens Svederup is calling in to the Smoking Tire podcast. All right. Well, we are uh, we are live. So uh, very, uh, very much my pleasure today to welcome uh, from Zenvo, Mr. Jens Svedrup. Thank you for joining me. Where are you actually calling from? Uh, thank, well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm actually at home in Portugal. So I'm, uh, this is my home base and, uh, and the factory is in, in Denmark. But this is where I try to stay most of my time. Oh, so you if have a, a, a real commute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's not so bad. It's like three and a half hours on the plane, so it's it's okay. I don't do it every day. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, yeah. it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, uh, we met uh, very briefly at, at the Quail, and uh, I have uh, some friends who spoke very highly of you and said we we have to talk to you on the show about what's happening at at Zenvo. It's very interesting stuff, and so uh, it's uh, it's definitely uh, our pleasure. So. Um, Let's get let's get to a little bit of uh, a background first. Well, I mean, where do I yeah, where do where do I start? You know, I, I've I've done I've been involved in cars since as long well I've as long as I can remember. 
uh, and I, I guess I'm one of the pioneers, if you if you will, in the hypercar business. So I think we actually met quite a few years ago when I was uh, head of sales at Koenigsegg. Uh, so, oh yes, uh, I when I came were, to Engelholm. Yeah, exactly with um, with uh, with JF and yeah. so, some other yeah yeah some yeah. other guys. So that was a fun visit. So, I got to drive a Gera RS on the runway. That was quite nice. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Yeah, we tested the uh, the uh, traction control, the stability control. I seem to remember. So yeah, yeah, that was a good time. That <laughs> yeah. thing was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so where do I start? I mean, I I sort of. Uh, my life took two two directions in a way. I was supposed to be a professional musician, you know, uh, and uh, and have cars as a hobby. And I I think at some stage, basically, I've been in, into cars my whole life. My father collects cars, and so it's been as far as long as I can remember. So, um, uh, and I had it as a hobby for quite a time, you know, where I restored all alphas you know eventually all ferraris when i could afford them they were a lot cheaper back then than they are now uh until i guess the music industry you know wasn't always that much fun you had to do a lot of stuff i didn't really like to do i played a lot of music i didn't like and i sort of thought okay you know let's try to focus on cars so so i, I actually started out doing like classics I would say, you know, race cars, classics, uh, in particular, you know, classic supercars, Italian cars. And mm. and I guess at some stage back in the early 2000s, I, I just got this idea that I really wanted to work with new cars. So I started, I sold my business, moved to Sweden, you know, became a GM of a Ferrari dealership. Um, we took on Pagani for the Nordic countries, which I was really, really into. Uh, and eventually also ended up uh, running a Lamborghini dealership. So I sort of come from the dealer side of things. Uh, and I, I guess it's fair to say this would have been back in 2004 or five, so early days with Pagani. And I oh, was that was really, like, really that's early Pagani, yeah. Wow. That's like the, that's when like, yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. C12 Pagani. That's really early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, it was early. It was a tiny little company, and I was really fascinated you know about what they were doing basically you know the craftsmanship just taking things a little bit more extreme than the dare i say it the everyday ferrari and lamborghini stuff i was dealing with i was sort of longing for something more extreme i would say mm. um uh, and i was really aware of koenigsegg at the time you know i had a friend that had invested in the company and that was sort of like a courtship that went on for a couple of years you know whether i should come on board there or not. Uh, eventually I did. I think I met Christian <laughs> and, uh, and literally decided in 10 seconds that this yeah. guy is pretty special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he and, tends uh, to do that yeah. to people. You could sit that you li I could I listen to Christian anything. talk yeah. about engineering for hours and hours and hours and hours. And yeah, this, this yeah. kid's so much somewhere. passion. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, that's what I felt that, uh, you know, this 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 guy is definitely special and sure and he really just won me won me over and i believed in his vision and everything so so that's why how i ended up you know sort of on the factory and then i did that for a few years uh launched the i guess the one one regera agera rs the you know those cars and was very lucky to see the brand breakthrough which was a great experience you know to see literally a brand that was fighting for survival and then you know sure. by the time i left 
you know, we were, yeah, literally we had broken through. Uh, so what was you know, what um, was it about Koenigsegg that really that that was the the thing that that took it from that 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 brought it to such mainstream? Um, I mean, it's not you know the cars are yeah. three million dollars, so it's not mainstream. But but you know what I mean? Like, what was the breakthrough yeah. at Koenigsegg? Uh, I, quite a few things. I think uh, it was something we actively did. You know, I I sort of came on board and saw that the brand was a little bit misunderstood. Even in Sweden, people didn't really know what we were doing. Everything was so secret, and you know, like yeah, I mean, I heard from from several people that we, it was like a tubular frame, you know, hot rod sort of. <laughs> so people didn't know what it was. So I guess education was a big was a big deal uh, uh-huh. so just just to start telling the world what we were doing you know letting people in behind the ropes showing them that you know we're we're car enthusiasts um and then if some other boring sales related things like taking care of the pre-owned market because at the time ccx's weren't doing very good you know they were plummeting in value and of course it's sort of it was in the way of new car sales sure. and uh, i think thirdly you know, we really started pushing to, which is one of my big things in life, is to listen to customers. As uh, as simple as it sounds, it is it is actually very hard sometimes. But literally, just you know, listen to people. You know, give them somewhat what they want. You know, just take some criticism and try to sort of adapt the product to where it's still your own product, your own dream, right? But you sort of meet people halfway a little bit, sure. which is something we, I would say the Regera is a good example of, because we had customers that wanted something less visceral and raw, you know, so, oh, yeah. So they, so wanted, they those... wanted something that they could actually, like, just sort of use as a car. Uh, yeah, something more, yeah, I mean, more towards, let's say, Bugatti, I guess. Right. Uh, so, so. So introducing the Regera was definitely something I was really passionate about because I felt we were missing out of 50% of the market. Uh, you know, we only had the hardcore engineering, you know, car guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then sort of we got some of those more like lifestyle luxury clients with the Regera. So, right. so uh, and yeah, I mean, credit should go where credit is due. We have... Uh, good friend in common called jf musil uh and you were on i was gonna i was gonna say, on, I was gonna say uh, yeah. jf yeah. has uh did the you know the hypercar documentary for netflix and a lot of uh yeah. a lot of behind yeah. the scenes factory stuff with christian and a lot of people watch those yeah. videos it, yeah it really helped actually uh and I, I i already knew it when we were starting that this this information was lacking and that people needed to see how just how nice of a guy Christian is, right? Yeah. You know, like how how easy it is to connect with him. So, so I think uh, JF he he got it basically. He yeah. he came over, visited, and he really sort of connected with everything that was going on, and it was really fascinated. And I think his passion helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, he could communicate with Christian. We could get the message out. So we saw during that couple of years where this Inside Koenigsegg series was going on, and yeah, and and the other the other things, the documentary Apex, and you know, we really saw an upswing from the U.S. Of course, uh, sure. Um, 
which eventually just led to this, you know, pressure cooker effect where it just exploded in 2015. We, we yeah, we had so many orders, you know, during one day. We didn't know what to do, basically. Uh, from oh, was that literally like being, the day yeah. the documentary came out? You got like that many orders? Uh, uh, Geneva show. Oh, the Geneva, Geneva show. But, when so, you had what, Aguera yeah, RS and Ruggiero on the stage together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it literally exploded. I couldn't believe it. I would get WhatsApp messages coming in with people ordering cars and, you know, that normally before that we had to fight for it, right? We really had to convince people. And um, so, but I guess it's, it's it, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, uh, there's other companies that I, that I speak to, you know, today who are sort of in the space where they talk about, and they have amazing product and, and they have good people behind it, but, sure. but they talk about having to make every sale. You know, and they haven't yeah. gotten to that place yet, where where the snowball gets big enough that it's that that it, it's, a, it's a product that is is just in demand on its own. You know, yeah, yeah, it's it's a critical mass. You know, because you have when you have customers doing the sales for you, that's when the snowball starts rolling. Right, um, right. And I guess uh, just by the nature of being around, surviving for twenty years, you know, yeah. like because you just have have to assume that all these there's a lot of cool cars out there, right? A lot of small brands. Uh, if you're three to five years old, you know, people, no matter how much they love the car, they'll be really skeptical parting ways with their money. Mm -hmm. I think to some effect, you know, once you've survived for 20 years through thick and thin and, you know, like you've sort of proven something, I, I guess that was also a big part of it. Just showing that resilience um, yeah, well, they, they're confident that getting, there's going to yeah. be some kind of support for their car, you know, in the long run. Yeah. They're not, it's not just going to be, you know, if you you buy a car for millions of dollars mm -hmm. and the company goes away, you know, like, what, right. you know, what do you yeah. do? No, no, that's, it's, um, yeah, it, it's just, that's sort of, uh, you know, that's a, sort of a, um, a problem or a challenge I've met through my whole automotive sure. life i would have to say you know so, so i was also involved in remark in the startup years so sure. went, you know from from Koenigsegg over there it's a similar thing you know and then porsche invests and everything you know then the trust is there right right because uh, there's someone right. some third party just goes out and say this is safe your money yeah, is yeah. safe Totally. We saw the you, same thing with can... uh, watches, right? When all in about 2015, yeah. everybody started caring about, oh, it's an in-house movement, in-house movement, this in-house movement, yeah. that everybody cared. Yeah. But a lot of the companies couldn't couldn't sustain the engineering of that. And these movements were unreliable. The company would go out of business and this watch you spent 80 or $90,000 yeah. on all of a sudden. What do you do? Literally yeah. a brick. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no one cares think, about uh, in-house movements anymore. <laughs> no, 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 give us something that works. Yeah, I care. <laughs> I, I care but, sometimes uh, too, but I yeah, care more. Yeah. But I, you know, to the point, I care more about if I am going to buy an in-house movement from a fancy watch company. I want to be sure that company is stable. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it needs it needs to work. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah for well, sure. Well, it's 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 the same thing. Trust is a big deal, and. Uh, and okay, if you're a billionaire or you know whatever, like a wealthy car buyer, of course, you know you can afford to lose a deposit. Sure, it's it's not that, but it, it's I guess it's the loss of face. 
Yeah, the you pride. know, making a bad yeah, business yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These, these, these are prideful people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you, yeah. um, you know, you you talked about you know going from 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 Koenigsegg to to Ramatz and and now to Zenvo. Do you see those? Did you see those companies as being in a place? Where you saw Koenigsegg at the time, you you went over there and you went. I can be, yeah. I can be part of the wave that happens here. Uh, yes, actually, I did also singer the Twenty One C, which you oh, know, from yeah. LA. So I actually, yeah, so I actually did that car too. Is that, a, is that thing uh, so, real? Yeah, a lot. I mean, we saw it at Goodwood, yeah. but like. Have, have yeah, they sold sure. a car yet? Are people actually? I mean, it looks yeah. crazy, and the technology is interesting. But like, is that a real thing people can buy right now? Yeah, you can. Uh, the first first customer deliveries will start later this year. Okay. So, which is you know pretty amazing. We we uh, I think we started the company. I say we. I'm not no longer there, but I'm really good friends with Kevin still, and of course, uh, we. St- started the companies in 2020 you know so three years later you have a delivery i'd say that's pretty yeah. pretty good going so yeah 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 Kevin came on our show in like 2015 yeah. maybe during, and yeah, when it was the covid lockdown yeah no no 15 well before that well before that when it was oh, when it was a divergent the blade, 3d the blade yeah, the blade, yeah, the blade. and yeah, he came on the car. show yeah. and we said we he he did the show and he left and Zach and I looked at each other and went, this guy is either a, a genius or is completely out of his mind, and we couldn't really I, tell which. Um, I think he uh, might be a genius. He's definitely though. a genius. I think he's a genius. <laughs> he's definitely a genius. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I'd I'd say he's he's definitely up there. He's definitely one of the smartest guys I've ever 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 met for yeah. sure so and well, also the, the car is really so, we saw the car at the stand at goodwood it was nuts yeah yeah no no the the, the car performs you know and it, it has done for quite some time so so i'd say that's a really that's a very real car you can buy it people have bought it i'm sure there's quite a few customers in the la area so you'll see some cars in tra- traffic there probably soon, if, i mean so, this yeah. is where people buy those things. So, hey, Kevin, get, get, yeah. get back at us, buddy. I, what year what year is that post from? It was 2020? Wow, time has really gone by. Wow. Yeah. It felt like a longer time ago than that. But okay. Um, I Yeah, Kevin, get back so, at us. I want to uh, that thing. Yeah, I can, I can. If you don't have his contact, so I'm happy to happy happy to reintroduce you. Please do. Uh, so you should. So you, you should, really you have a uh, yeah. I should. You really have a, a, a. You've been around the world of like every boutique hypercar manufacturer. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the ones that have something unique, yeah, that where I feel that there's something genuine and yeah, it has all the all the ingredients in place to make a good soup. Yeah, were you ever? Um, um, and I I don't want to ask you to to you know throw shade at anybody, but in the last five years, let's say we watched the rise and then the disappearance of numerous small boutique startup hypercar companies. Yeah, right. Did yeah. You, were you ever? courted by any of those and then you, yeah. you turned them down because you went i don't think this will yeah. last or you were just already yeah. involved uh, all the time yeah so yeah i get yeah i still every week <laughs> so <laughs> is there any consistent thing that, that, that you you notice when 
you know, someone approaches you, like, how do you smell out what won't exist in 20 years, like Koenigsegg? Or, you know, or even, I mean, Zenvo was starting in 09, so, like, how do you have such a good nose? For yeah, yeah, things? it's 07 even. Oh, seven, well, sorry. you need something genuine, you know, you need something genuine, like a strong flavor. If it's, no, nobody buys a hypercar that's vanilla, right? And for a while, it was just an onslaught of ev hypercar startups it still is i'm sure yeah. in the balkans you know in the neighboring countries of remark there's probably like 50 hypercar ev brands you sure. just haven't heard about them in bulgaria has one you know like everywhere because it 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 became sort of easy in a way because you can take an electric motor off the shelf and you know all these things yeah. so you don't need to build your own ic anymore which is super complex uh so <laughs> I mean, a lot of big egos, you know, I hope I'm not, yeah. No, no I mean, I, that's, I wanna... that's the oh, least oh, surprising oh. thing we've heard from you is there's a lot of big egos in the <laughs> hypercar space. Yeah, yeah, Probably could have called yeah. that one. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and that, I, I don't feel that's genuine. You know, you sort of need to, so you have to make a product for for a customer, for some people. So, and you know, wherever I see that, you know, it's just like someone's big ego and, He's been let down by some brand that wants to make his own car. Of course, you know I've. That's yeah. yeah we've um, seen that before. Yeah, yeah, the one, the one. It's yeah. the, it's the, it's the, the Ferruccio Lamborghini story. But that story has been told, you know. Yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah, it worked for him. It worked for him, but it was a different time. You know, he sure. he couldn't do a render. <laughs> like back yeah. then, you know, like <laughs> right, that's right. what people are. Yeah. That, that's what people are doing now. So it's like, uh, so. I, I, you know, I, I can show you my LinkedIn inbox. It's nuts. Yeah. Every week, you know, there's <laughs> someone who wants to pitch me some new hypercar, electric normally, five, six thousand horsepower, and there's like, like a crazy render, right? So that's, five, it's, six it's thousand just horsepower. All <laughs> oh, right. Oh, there's, oh, there's the yeah, Bulgarian there car. Quite a render. That literally just looks like they took close up shots of a dozen different cars and moved them around. I mean, I see Lamborghini well, in that thing. I actually, see Koenigsegg. I see a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So these, yeah, I, I guess this. Um, well, this car I've seen before. So it wasn't even the one I was aiming at. So, <laughs> so this, I think these guys at least have a have a factory, right? Oh, they, they have do. A, yeah, yeah. What's they, this they thing do. called? I don't Zach? know. The, the uh, Alieno, Alieno Unum with twenty four electric right. motors. All right, wow. cool. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of these things, and but you need something as if you know, like it's it's the same with everything you do. If it's music, if it's art, you know, you just need a your own voice. Sure. You sure. Know, uh, and uh, and um, and you you need to be a little bit humble and actually provide customers with sort of what they're asking for a little bit. Uh, okay. While still still retaining your flavor. <laughs> in well, in that in that regard, yeah. um, tell me about Zenvo. What is what is the Zenvo flavor, folks? We got to take a quick break from the action for NASCAR. This episode of the Spoken Tire is brought to you by NASCAR, and the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are coming down to the wire. And this weekend, we're headed to the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We all know and love the iconic mile and a half oval, but this is the playoffs, and that means NASCAR is pulling out 
all the stops. In the month of October, the track is transformed into a two and a quarter mile road course with 17 turns combining the iconic high banks of the Oval with an infield road course to create the perfect storm for exciting playoffs racing. Did we mention it's an elimination race? This incredibly talented field of 12 drivers will be cut to eight when the dust settles. Who has what it takes to survive and advance to the next round of the playoffs? So invite your friends and family over for a day of epic NASCAR playoff racing. You won't regret it. Tune in to watch the NASCAR Series Cup playoffs elimination race presented by Xfinity at the Charlotte Roval Sunday, October 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And we're also brought to you today by Game Time. You know, I was just on this very show talking about how annoying getting to the Rose Bowl was, getting in and out of that stadium. But you know what wasn't annoying? Getting the tickets. Game time is here, and you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Whether it's sporting event, a concert, comedy, theater, or whatever near you, game time is here. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, the view from your seat, imagery, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. We got concerts and sports happening all fall in LA. And with the flash deals and the zone deals, it's easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event you want to check it out. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can buy tickets Tickets in just seconds with two taps, right? Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SMOKINGTIRE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and re- redeem code SMOKINGTIRE, S-M-O-K-I-N-G-T-I-R-E, for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Get, download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, back to the show. Well, I mean, so I, I came on board two years ago to launch, you know, what what you probably noticed at the Quail, right, which is the Auroras. That's that's sort of my my car and sort of a vision that I've architected, you could say. So so that's, that is very close to my heart. But if it's you a go, very cool car. It's very pretty. We saw it at the at the Quail. It has some amazing details. You, yeah. The gauge cluster. Yeah. You have you have won the gauge cluster war. The, ga- the gauge cluster is actually the best gauge cluster that I've ever seen. It is the coolest thing. Oh, this is the, the, one that the rotating circles. This is the best gauge cluster. It is cluster the best the gauge cluster yeah. ever. It's there. The gate. Can you just real quick? We'll talk about the rest of the car, but give me 30 seconds on the gauge cluster because it's amazing. Well, I mean, it, it, it uh, that is actually Christian Brunt's idea, our head of design. Uh, so, first of all, I do not like screams. So that's where the discussion started. So like, like one thing I knew I wanted analog instruments. So it was, so where do we put all the stuff that we sort of need sometimes like Apple CarPlay and SatNav and all these menus and everything. So, so he actually came up with it. Why don't we just, you know, make them flip around, you know, cause we were playing with all sorts of head up displays and, you know, pop-up screens and doing everything, but it's like too complicated. So 
so that came about just like how do we meet this sort of requirement from a less is more approach you know how how little can we get away with so what's simpler than just using both sides of of the cluster right so we've got so, a little uh, we've got a little yeah. video up on the screen yeah, that shows go. how they work and so there's three um, circular gauges um, and the the, the 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 back of it is actually it's clear so you can see yeah. in between them and then the they they flip around and they're analog on one side and they're digital on the other side so you can flip them if you need the screen for the controls and then you can flip them back and have a real gauge so good it's like a, it's real watch enthusiast stuff like you you, you have uh, to it love definitely yeah. comes yeah yeah it comes so from there you know, it reminds uh, me of the I, bentley screen, say, you know. sorry sorry go ahead oh uh, okay <laughs> yeah no you yeah, know the okay. uh the bentley uh, center I mean, yeah, screen yeah, that uh, uh, that rotates around know, it's got a little james yeah. bond vibe yeah. this is the better version of that more yeah, compact yeah. version yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So we, we were actually inspired by watches. So I'd say up on our mood board, uh, like skeleton watches, you know, because right. we wanted to, when it comes to the whole design of this car, is uh, like, like, what can we get away with not putting on there? What's the point of putting like a cover over a part to cover it up because it's ugly engineering? So let's, we've actually taken away things on, on these cars. So that's why you see all this use of negative space. Uh, you see all these open areas. The instrument cluster is a good example of that, and is it is inspired by motorcycles, by uh, by mechanical watches, because we want to show off the engineering yeah. too, and it's good for cooling. I mean, taking away stuff is is great. <laughs> you know, like, of course, uh, but it's a, it's such an adding, it's an interesting stuff is philosophy. A very negative spiral. Yeah, like you, if you if you yeah, have beautiful very, engineering, uh, people do want to see it. You know, I just uh, yeah. got to drive the the BAC Mono for the first time, which I'm sure is a That's, product you're familiar oh, with. Very, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you I've can actually see with those guys everything. Too. Oh, you did? You worked at BAC? Of course <laughs> yeah. you did. But that's, that's... I, I was uh, I, I was an advisor for for them for a while. Yeah. So well, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite cars. One of my favorite cars of all time. It's so fun to drive. It's insane. And it's and... beautiful still. Ten yeah. years after, it still looks very modern, you know. So really good design on it. But yeah. you can see the engineering was was the point. You can see all the the yeah. control arms working. You can see everything moving, and that's what I like about a skeletonized watch as well. Is I, I can yeah. actually see yeah. everything going on in there. And with and with this car, with your car, um, the the inboard suspension is on display. You can see it from the outside of the car. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, because what we do is we send all the air through the car, right? So it's open from from front to back. So so we have all these open spaces. So so that's you know definitely, you know we we can put so the, what you see on the side of the car, you know the carbon is actually the monocoque. Yeah. There's no there's no carbon cover over it. So we're using the monocoque itself as part of the the car's body, if you will. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, very minimalistic and I would say typical Scandinavian Danish approach. You know, it's less is more. You know, like you have to make sure every little detail on that car, whether it's a body panel or it has to do something. So uh, everything that's on these cars is not styled; is doing something aerodynamically. Otherwise, we'll save the weight and you know not have it. So there's no, I would say there's no styling going on. 
it's designed, but it's not styled for the. Would sake you of say styling. that that is the, the Zenvo flavor is 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 what you what you just wrapped up there? It's the Scandinavian well, minimalism uh, applied yeah. to performance. I would say okay. So there's there's two Zenvos, of course. It's the Zenvo of the old, which we still carry over quite a lot of it. Uh, but let's let's say these cars. I mean, yes, you know Danish design huge deal uh we've been inspired by classic architecture furniture and the whole economical thinking you know where you can do with less uh of course uh, another big pillar is of course the drivetrain and and, and it's, it's a v12 of course it's the most you know emotional engine configuration you you can have uh and i'd say thirdly what's deeply in Zenvo's DNA and has been from day one. It's this um, engagement, which is so hard to quantize. Um, but it's it's not a numbers card. Zenvo has never been about numbers. You know, we're, we're about basically, I think the idea behind these cars, you know, has been just to see how far can we push all parameters. You know, how far can we, uh, like, how much power can we get out of the, the engine while we still retain, you know, power delivery, you know, uh, engine, like, throttle response, you know, like, uh, how far can we push aerodynamics before you you get trade-offs? How far can we push the craftsmanship? How far can we, so every parameter that makes a hypercar, we're sort of pushing it, let's say it's an equalizer from the 80s, you know, we just push every, <laughs> every lever up till where it starts sounding bad, you know, yeah. that's when you start to get trade-offs. So that's sort of what I'm envisioning, you know, uh, about these cars. So so literally a driver's car, but with everything turned up to 11 right before the point where you start to get trade-offs. So we're not sacrificing top speed for low end, you know, low speed performance. You know, we're not sacrificing downforce for mechanical grip. Although we have a lot of downforce, we still want you know to be able to go you know sideways for lack of a better word you know like because you have to be able to play with the car right so sure so that's sort of it's a sweet spot car uh i guess others you know you could say gordon murray is sort of doing the same we've, we've literally just this is our approach you know i sort of gravitate to i'm used to more extreme performance as well as you know uh from motorcycles and koenigsegg and these things so so i feel you need at least a thousand horsepowers to to get a proper well, acceleration. You certainly <laughs> so doesn't get out of bed for less this, than at this price point. You <laughs> no. certainly do. So give us the uh, the the boilerplate, the the power, the 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 weight, uh, the give us the hard numbers of the uh, the Aurora, because not everybody's familiar. Yeah. Okay. So there. Okay. So there, there's two different versions. So I'll start with uh, with the <laughs> low powered version, which is the Agile. Agile means agile, um, so and, Zach, and it's that's the more the blue track one bias. If we're doing photos, the blue one that's is the, the, the entry red, level. It's the red. Oh, it's the that's red, the red one? one. Yeah, yeah. So that's the high downforce. That that is called agile, basically. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, I had it. Uh, I had so it backwards. Is, hmm, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But it, I don't know. It, it, it will all make it will all make perfect sense when I explain the, okay, the, go on, sorry. the name of the other one. So, so agile means agile, which it's obviously tuned for track performance. It's a road car, you know. It's but it's still, let's say it's a GT3 RS in Porsche language. So it's uh, we're 
our target weight is under 1300 kilos which is what is it 2850 yeah. something like that pounds uh, we're currently below target so but you know things can happen so but that that, that is the target weight and that's dry weight uh, it's got 1450 horsepowers so from the um, v12 alone it's a quad turbo um, v12 you have cool. 1250 horsepowers yeah. and and the rest comes from hybrid as, assistance basically so in in the uh, agil we have also made our own gearbox which has um, an electric motor built into it so that's where the hybrid power comes mm -hmm. from and we're also using this electric motor to you know for torque fill of course we're using it for for transient for to fill in between gear changes to smoothen sure. them out basically like the ferrari 296 and the uh, lamborghini or the mclaren artura does do they yes i don't think they have the don't think that do they have the motor inside the gearbox they have the motor sandwiched in between the gearbox and the engine. It, it replaces the flywheel. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see. Okay. So a little bit. Yeah. The same principle. A little bit different execution. So our, sure. our motor is actually inside the gearbox. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, it comes comes straight out of the axles. We're also using the motor for gives us a lot of control for obviously traction since we're throttling directly on on the on the pedal basically on. Or, you and know, then you what size is the, uh, the battery? Ah, it, I do. It's so funny. I actually had a look recently, and I couldn't find it. It, it is yet <laughs> to be defined. <laughs> it is yet to be defined too. So it's not. It's not absolute. But I was just looking at the spec sheet. I was go. You know, I was pretty sure you were going to ask me about that. And then, there you go. Um, it's 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 a it's a plug-in hybrid. So so uh, currently we're running a one to three cells. We will probably run something else for production. Um, but it will have a, a range of at least 30 kilometers. This is just wow. to get around uh, some of the, uh, you know, for example, tax. London. So you'll, you'll, <laughs> yeah, London you'll be able to go battery. to London. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, at, yeah. at, at yeah. under 3,000 pounds curb weight and yeah. with an yeah. electric only range of 30 kilometers, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, that's a that's a very yeah. efficient yeah. use of power. The the battery couldn't possibly be bigger than seven or eight uh, kilowatt hour. It's got to be smaller than that, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we, we we will see. And okay. uh, as I say, it's, it's work. It's <laughs> it's there's some there's also some new cell technology coming. So so the weight weight is coming down. But the car is extremely light as a base. So. Uh, and, and it's your V12 as well, yeah. right? You guys develop Zenvo developed yeah. the V12. Yeah, well, yes, yes and no. We're developing it in uh, in collaboration with a company called Mala Powertrain. So it's a yeah, it's part of a big German uh, company that's done. I think this would be their eighth or ninth V12 in history, and they've done. Ferrari, Formula One engines, etc. So they've, they've done a lot of cool stuff. So Did you say Mali? it's a collaboration ship, but, but it, Mali, yeah. Like yeah. like the pistons, Mali pistons, M A H L E. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So if you if you if you if you Google Mali powertrain, you know they'll they'll have their own websites. These guys are actually based in uh, in uh, in the UK. So oh, they cool. used to be owned by. Audi back in the days, I guess. You know, they did all the uh, Le Mans engines for Audi back in the days. Uh, they were involved with Cosworth. They're actually right across the road from Cosworth. So they're 
if you ask anyone in the industry, they're they yeah they're yeah they're the guys basically. Well, we certainly so, know their but distance. it's hundred. Yeah, <laughs> if you have driven a Porsche, then yeah, uh, oh, yeah. you would know. Wow, look at that! Yeah. In the 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 Hot V Quad Turbos. Okay. That's pretty awesome. We've got to take one quick break for Prize Picks. Prize Picks is sponsoring the Smoking Tire podcast this week. They are the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two through six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. Just make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And with the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and CFB top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So Prize Picks helps get some skin in the game, make it a little more fun, right? Make it a little more uh, interesting and, uh, you know, it's a good time. Got to get in on it. And playing against uh, the numbers is better than playing against thousands of other players. So go to prizepicks.com slash tire and use code tire for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash tire and use code tire for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy and now back to the show. And and the reason it's a hot lee in a in a ninth degree is of course because we send the air through the car. So there wasn't any engine out there that we could just yeah. Then if we, we would have jeopardized the design of the car and the whole principle of using negative space, right? So, right. So we had no other we had no other choice than to do it from the ground up. So since we're doing that, you know, we uh, we have to find some sort of common sense in this you know because it's a really expensive thing to do for a small manufacturer sure so what is the displacement so of, that, of it, that engine 6.6 uh, 6.6 yeah. 6.6 liters 6. wow yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's serious yeah. that's awesome yeah 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 so um cool yeah so we were, <laughs> we were actually making an engine family basically so we we're making v8s and v6s as well based on on uh, on this block on the architecture so, oh, which cool. of course yeah so uh, so that's how we sort of get some of our money back we have a few customers for the v6s first and foremost and uh, and our for ourselves we're planning a junior hypercar uh, in a few years' time, which will be V8 powered, for example. So, so this is it, it's a long burn. Uh, it will take us quite a long time to to make our investment back. But uh, you know, that's it, it. was just one of these things. I mean, I remember vividly the the conversations. I, of course, my whole life I, I wanted to be 12. 
every damn project I've been involved with, like, oh, can we have a V12? And it's always stopped on, oh, we already have a powertrain, let's continue with V8s or whatever we have. And, and it's too much money. And then, of course, now it's like, okay, let's ask the customers, what do they want? You know, of course, it's like, you ask 100 people, you do electric, V6, V8, V12, it was like 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sh I'm V12. absolutely like, shocked so, all the customers yeah. want a V12. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, yeah. So so it's like, okay, so this is no longer just an ego thing. You know, and yeah. everyone in the company, of course, yeah, V12, V12, everyone wanted it. So, so and it's a last chance to do it, right? You know, to make, make some history. It's probably going to be the last all new V12 ever developed, you know, because this is you develop from from scratch today. Everything else out there is sort of old V12s that have been sort of modified, you know, to pass emissions and everything. This is mm -hmm. made with today's regulation in mind, and for the next ten years at least, till 2035, will be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then after that, yeah, of course, we have to run synthetic fuels in in Europe, which is fine. Um, not sure what's happening in the US. I can only assume there will be some regulation around the synthetic fuel as long as it's net carbon. I, yeah. I assume it will also happen in the in the in the US actually. So I'm excited for synthetic for... fuels. I think synthetic fuels are pretty cool and everyone everyone who's driven on them has told me that there's absolutely no difference when you're driving the car, which there's, is perfect. There is there is there is none yeah it yeah. might smell a little bit different but uh, there's no there is none maybe you know, we they have put the same scents in there maybe we can make it nice you know make it smell like roses <laughs> yeah, or something yeah yeah so uh, and we we're also most likely making it we're not we haven't decided yet but it, it can potentially run on the 85 uh obviously with another with even more power uh, we don't need sure. it you know won't make the car won't make the car any better but uh it's an option that we might we might do in the future. Well, you could probably call so, a guy. Um, I know I know a guy who's good at E85. I think you could probably call him. He's an angle home. He has some expertise in the ethanol it's, area. <laughs> you don't find it much anymore, except for in the U.S. All of a sudden, you find a lot of gas station has E85 now. Because so we just Europe, we subsidize corn like crazy in this country. I mean, uh, there's so yeah, many yeah. advantages to farmers uh, to grow corn with government subsidies and tax stuff that we just like. Yeah. As a country, we're just like we're like junkies for corn here. So wherever they grow a lot of corn, <laughs> we are the second the largest exporter of corn as well in the world. What's what's ahead of right. us? Uh, Brazil. Brazil. Oh. Brazil, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's where the E85 used to come from very often. It was all like very skewed, you know, green thinking, I guess. You would buy yeah. E85 from Brazil, put on a, a big oil tanker running on, you know, sludge <laughs> yeah. fuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's your clean fuel. We've burned 100,000 gallons of bunker oil to get it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, doesn't even, it doesn't even float. It's like mud, right? So, so That's how I we guess, transport yeah, batteries so... for EVs across the ocean, by the way. It's doing It's that. the same. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. So, so I guess synthetic fuels has a lot going for it in terms of you can make it locally. Yeah. Uh, in LA, there's a couple of cool companies. You have Carbon Engineering, the Bill Gates, I guess he owns the majority of it. It's really cool stuff. Uh, there's all over. England has it, Iceland has it. I think every country will have some brands, you know, with this now. So we, yeah, so there's there's plenty available, basically. Yeah. And it's, uh, 
and we have the infrastructure you know like any gas station will be able to yeah just to have it, it. so uh, it's like common sense will say we should do this you know for yeah. at least our sports cars you know so yeah i mean there's so many cars on the road that are worth keeping on the road you know the cars yeah. that are not that they're not that dirty certainly classic cars and cars that are collectible sure. and have a a cultural significance a historical significance um it's a, such a small uh a small part of the world of transportation you know you don't yeah, want to legislate the driving of those cars away you want to find a way to keep those cars on the road and and if we can improve that we, we should and 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 um if it's a Taking little more expensive to buy it like so him. be it uh yeah sure you know i'm you know I, i've sort of i can foresee this whole scenario where everything will be turned on its head you'll you'll find the you know you'll find a plug-in for your electric car easily available everywhere while you know well you have might have to go to like a sports car dealership or something to to find your fuel pump for um, for synthetic fuels maybe so it's sort yeah. of like today the ev guys are scrambling trying to find a place to plug in and, uh, <laughs> yeah it'll be the opposite maybe, maybe it's the opposite which is still fine you know for a, for a hypercar sports car as long as you know there's a station every i don't know 20 miles or something it's fine yeah you know so so and uh, you know why not you know it's 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 probably not scalable enough to you know where it can take over for you know i don't see you know daily drivers you know using synthetic fuels but no for sure yeah but if it it does help keep specialty cars on the road then okay you know these are these are cars that are they're luxuries they're toys they're not um they're not something everybody yeah sure yeah we got off track tell us about the blue car we talked about uh downforce and yeah and the red car but the blue (laughs) car yeah the blue car is it on the screen yes yes we have the blue car on the screen yeah, that's called the tour, which means tour, touring basically. So it's a hyper GT. So a little bit more focused on creature comforts, and but still, of course, extremely fast. Uh, it's it is the more powerful version of the two because this comes standard with four wheel drive. So it's got a combined uh, power output uh, of eighteen fifty horsepower. This one. Yeah, that's necessary uh, so you for road have... driving. We need that for touring. For touring, yes, of course. Yeah, for touring, yeah, you, you get <laughs> I want to see the world in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's your car for you, sir. Uh, I mean, so it's so easy to be misunderstood with this uh, with these numbers, of course, but. Uh, we can do a lot more. It's just this is where we landed, you know, making it as drive like the sweet spot package, basically. This is where we landed. So, so sure, we can do two and a half. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's that's not the point. Uh, so we landed here to have the best drivable uh, car, basically. So, so what this one has is um, is of course electric motors on the front with torque vectoring. So, uh, so you'll have a quicker accelerating car. Um, it will still be capable on track, but it's of course you know quite a lot heavier. This uh, today around fourteen fifty kilos, so uh, yeah, so it's quite a bit more more weight and a bit bigger battery basically. So, sure, um, so thirty two hundred thirty two hundred yeah. pounds, still very you know still yeah. basically the price uh, the weight of like a nine eleven Carrera T. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Like it's like a base yeah. 911 weight. Is it, Artura away? They are Artura is very 33 light. and change. The Artura feels light. very light, but that's not for for all-wheel drive. That's a rear drive package only. Right, a, uh, Corvette yeah. E-Ray is like 3,800 pounds, and that's got all-wheel. That's the all-wheel right. drive. So this has right, two yeah. motors yeah, in the so front, right? And then one in the back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's got the same, basically the same configuration. So different gearing, of course. Uh, mm. Different, I would say, map, mapping of the chassis. But it's the, it's the same monocoque. It's the same tub, and it's the same chassis components, but it's tuned differently. Uh, so so it feels it feels different, and it of course looks quite a bit different. And uh, mm. so, so, so the reason why we did this too is I think we sort of we just came to the conclusion that. We couldn't have one car that could please everybody, basically. So, so without compromising. So, so we sort well, that's of a just lesson of Koenigsegg down, okay, right there, just... isn't it? Uh, it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. I think that's very much customer driven. So, if you look even at Zinger, that has two versions of the twenty one C, right? And it's yeah. two different customers. Uh, it's the reason you know we brought out the Regera in Koenigsegg because it was more of a Grand Tourer sort of customer, more of an everyday driver. Right. Um, so this one also has the added luxury of luggage space, which the Agile does not have. Oh, where does so, it? Where um, does the luggage yeah. go? It goes on this uh, right in front of the rear wheels. You have to open up the engine bay, and there's like um, oh yes, yeah, the side pod trunks. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, someone showed me that at the Quail. It was cool. It's like it's it's yeah. like uh, it's almost like a McLaren F1, but it's a top load uh, rather than a side right. load. Right. Yeah. 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 So we're using we're opens. using that that space. Yeah, uh, the suitcases looks a bit funny, but you know that's uh, that's the trade-off. You'll be okay for like a three, four-day, you know, road yeah, trip, right. basically for two, for two people. So that that's of course a big one. Whilst the Agile, I mean, we are working on getting maybe a tiny little uh, compartment <laughs> in the front. Uh, but you're looking at somewhere to store your helmet and some stuff, uh, sure. realistically. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's sort of the the difference, you know. Of course, um, the top speed of of, of the tour is, a, is it's it's a low drag car. It's got taller gearing, so it we we're limiting it to 420 kph due to tires. Uh, it will do a little bit more if you know during special circumstances. You know, yeah. if Michelin is approving it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah around 450 kph it will do like naturally before it runs out of steam which uh it's not it's the very fastest impor- it's but very it's important very you have i mean <laughs> very important that you can go 250 miles an hour that's, i mean this is, in this market yeah it kind of is well it's you gotta brag right if you're gonna spend that much money you need to be able to yeah. brag about stuff and so that's that's one of those things that people aren't gonna really do uh, for, but they for, need to brag for, about from what for me for me it's about sort of just Having a cake and eat it too, like sort of see how far you can. That's what hypercars should be. You know, you should push the boundaries. You know, whether you drive in two fifty or not. You know, it's. Uh, it. I, I think the. Uh, the beauty is to have a car that can do two fifty, that is also fantastic fun in sixty. I think yeah. that's the impressive part for me. Like technologically, how how can you make one car that can do both these things, right? So I think that's where the whole hypercar 
ethos comes in. That's why you know that's what you you can do in a hypercar field. That's where all the electric hypercars kind of fall apart. I mean, I drove the Nevera, and I've said this a million times, and and it's mm. yeah, it's incredible. You can run an eight second quarter mile on the street. Just, sure. just whenever you want. That's a, that's an amazing feat, and all those records that they that they broke, acceleration records. I mean, that's amazing. And Mate is a genius, and and all the things that are do that they're doing over there are amazing. But when you're driving it's, that uh, car yeah. at thirty or fifty miles an hour, plain and simple, it's not exciting at all. It's well made and it's good looking, yeah. but it's not exciting yeah. unless you're going a zillion miles an hour. Um, it might as well be a be a Tesla or something if you're just cruising right. along. Yeah, I I feel it needs to be. You know, even going thirty, it, if it's not if it's not fun going slow, then yeah. you know the fast stuff doesn't really matter. That's just like an added bonus that it can do two fifty miles an hour. That's like an added bonus of sort of pushing the boundaries. But it right. better well be fun in in the canyons, right? Because that's where you'll drive the car most of the time on a Sunday morning or something like that. So yeah. if that's not fun, then it's no longer a sports car for me. So yeah, so that's, I guess that's philosophically where we are very different. You know, we set out to do a driver's car, basically. That's where, where the numbers is a side effect of just doing the best we can. So uh, we, what do we you think, never set um, out. Yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. You know, um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, I was no, just saying. On. What do you think the global <laughs> the global market is for a car like this? How how what is your actual customer base? You're from you're from a dealer background, so you know how many people yeah. in the world can afford this and are looking for something like this? Uh, a lot of people can afford it, uh, <clears throat> but then of course not. You have to be pretty passionate about cars to spend this sort of money, of course. Um, I mean, we're, we're limiting them to 50 of each, which is very low volume. So, and the, the reason we're doing it is, of course, you know, resale value and just, yeah, just we need to sell out. This is a halo uh, car for us. So, mm -hmm. so we need to have more customers than we have cars. Uh, so, so far, I mean, the uptake is roughly 50% to US. You know, a lot of them is going to California, it would seem, California and Texas. Two big markets, and then yeah. Florida, I guess. Uh, that's not surprising. Um, that's those. That's that's where a, a lot of the no. the big dollar cars end up. Yeah, yeah, we've done well in Germany, uh, which I didn't expect because it's a very it's it's a good market, but it's uh, it's very hard to break into. They really want to see proof for everything. They really want to. They know engineering, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we, they, it's really resonated well with the German market. So, um, so, but yeah, there's there's cars everywhere. Uh, I mean, who could be the customer? There's thousands. But okay, who's our customer? Well, that's probably a guy that or a girl um, that cares more about the product than the brand, right? You have the. Uh, we don't have the luxury buyer. We have the product buyer, if you know. So our customers is sort of more into the product. They are really into engineering. They're proper, proper, proper car guys. Of course, I think, uh, without saying anything negative, I think, for example, Bugatti has sort of this brand, which is sort of also luxury, right? You know, it's... Uh, 
it can attract buyers who's not really like through and through engineering car guys. Yeah. Maybe Pagani as well has that sort of luxury luxury flair. I, I would say Koenigsegg in the old days definitely also had these really engineering knowledgeable you know customers. So so that those are our customers. So we, we sort of have more more customers in that camp than than the um, than the brand camp to put it that way. They will come later. We're, let's face it, we're not a brand, and you're also not paying for the brand tax in a way. You, you know, you, we are competing against cars that are a million more. Yeah. Right. That we can, Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's that's literally just down to brand. Yeah, I mean, Bugatti's so. got you know a hundred year head start, so <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although they they made they took yeah. a little break, but they've got they've got you know they've got a, a long history. Yeah. No, and, yeah. So, yeah. so you understand yeah. why, it's, why it's, that it's can a, be like that. It's a, diff- it's a different thing as well. It's, of course, with the Volkswagen background and everything. It's, it's, then we come back to this thing about trust that I mentioned earlier. And, uh, yeah, you know, whereas Zenvo or probably, yeah, let's say, Remark as well, probably like you have more of an early adopter type, you know. So we have a right. lot of people from the tech, in- tech industry who are sort of entrepreneurs. So... So where can you? Our uh, where can so I far. buy one? I mean, uh, I don't have the money. Uh, but where? Where could? There... Where? Can, where does one buy one? Yeah. Well, there there is a dealer opening up in uh, in your city very soon. Oh, uh, okay. There will be a press release coming out in I'd say three four weeks from now. Okay. Uh, for example, yes, yeah, so it will be in LA. Um, there is the dealers coming in like mid mid america like salt lake city we have uh, naples motorsports in florida uh for example so we, we actually don't want to have too many dealers but we want dealers who can really look after you basically so we're we're, we're in all the hot spots and you know they really have to look after customers in terms of flying technicians uh, logistics solutions and, and things like that so for the whole of north america we're not going to have more than five dealers so, um, yeah, but you'll be well looked after in, in, in Los Angeles. will be easy for you. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, I hadn't heard anything about a dealer network. And so I was, I was genuinely, uh, there wondering. is, yeah. yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. We well, just good. haven't published, uh, we just haven't published, uh, all of them yet, but there's coming now between now and Christmas, we'll start, you know, publish all the dealers and oh, little and exclusive will here be, for your boys uh, at the smoking tire, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely do something. Yeah. So we'll, so the cars are coming to, well, when are we going to be in, I might, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, team, but, uh, um, think uh, towards end of November and whole of December, the cars will be in Los Angeles area doing various, various activities. So um, can I have a little yeah, go? So can I try one? Uh, the show cars uh, will be tricky. I, will, I would have to push you. <laughs> These are show cars. So, yeah. I understand yeah, when so you, when you have a, when yeah. you have a car that, that is a driver, I would love to have a, a quick go if that's on the table. I, I think, yeah, yeah, it is on the table. Uh, cool. and I think you'd enjoy even the TSRS and TSR GT cars actually. So, um, I'd so, like to yeah, try one of those too. Yeah. Those are, that's yeah, the evolution yeah, they, they, of the original car that's now yeah, sort of, yeah. in it's, uh, much more aggressive fun. form. Yeah. yeah, they're great fun. They're, they're, I mean, really 
I guess, under undervalued in a way, you know, so they're, I don't think people realize how much fun they are. So they're, yeah. They're, they're nuts. I saw them to... at uh, the quail. They're loud. They're really loud. <laughs> they're really loud. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I think you would have, yeah, we were there at the Hypercar Invitational last right. year doing some, yeah, yeah. We were, yeah, on the on one of the loud Laguna Seca days. So, yeah. So I think currently there's only one one of them in the U.S. and that's this uh, YouTuber um, Shmi150 has his car over in the U.S. Uh, and then I think we've sold a couple to Texas, so all places. So there's, yeah, so there's a couple of cars go, going over there, basically. But uh, but yeah, also, I guess crazy numbers have to come to on those cars. Yeah, I'll have to come to Denmark. Pretty that's okay. Numbers. I like Denmark. Yeah. Denmark is yeah. great. I'll come over yeah. there. No problem. Copenhagen is fantastic for like fantastic food scene, you know. So it's um, um, all right, cool. So well, you, this is this is this is uh, I'm holding you to that. I will go to Denmark, I will drive one of these, and I will oh, you when, can. You, yeah. when you have yeah. the other car, I'll, I'll I'll do a double header out of it. That's going to be the move, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just stay in touch about that. So, but it, this can be organized easily for sure. Um, we have uh, one uh, one good relevant question from our Patreon for uh, for Jens. If you have just a couple minutes before we uh, before we let you go, we we appreciate your time, yeah. and I, I know you're busy. Uh, Zach, can you move the cursor because I can't oh. read the thing that keeps happening. Uh, Retrofit says, um, "How do we educate people who are mad about classic cars and supercars?" that they have zero appreciable negative impact on the environment, and how do we turn the tide back? Uh, well, that sentence is weird. I think the first part of it is really the question. <laughs> For folks who, 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 you know, we have we have environmentalists, and, and I, I would actually consider myself one in many ways, that, that really don't do the, that don't really understand how small of an impact supercars, hypercars, and, and classic cars have um, in in the air quality and stuff like that. Um, mm. What can we do to educate those people that, that these enthusiast cars could maybe be exempted from certain regulations that every, that everyday cars should probably be subject to? Just the car is just such an easy product politically, right? It's yeah. such an emotional product. It's so easy to target it for politicians. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. Our community is tiny. You know, in, in, in the world, like the world of supercars, hypercars, it's just a tiny little community in the world. A very nice community, but uh I mean, what can you do? You know, you people like you uh, need need to need to educate the world. Uh, I try. I run up. I run. I run up against yeah. folks who I think are probably well-meaning who say things like, "I don't think there should be." two tiers of regulation for cars. I don't I'm against mm. multiple tiers of regulation. I think we should have regulation for everybody and and people who can afford nice cars shouldn't be exempted from regulations. And I and I do understand that 
point because a lot of yeah. the people who can afford these cars are already wealthy and 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 you know already enjoy nice lives and and they don't need their lives to be made easier but i just think in in terms of actual effective regulation of uh, what what will improve our air quality what will improve our water quality what will improve our you know quality of life mm. I personally yeah. think that the, the in the volumes that you guys build cars at Zenvo or even the volumes that they build sports cars at, at Ferrari or Lotus, it's that such it's a small not, percentage. Nothing. You know, not, It's nothing. Uh, I mean, it is very good for the environment to take care of stuff, right? You know, like yeah. you, to to buy a, buy a hypercar, it's going to be around – hundred years from now, the car will still be around and appreciated somewhere. So, uh, and I think the same right. goes that's for the all opposite of a disposable will, daily will, driver car. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I mean, people buy clothes from China that they wear five times and throw away. You know, that's it's horrible for the environment. You know, so it's I don't know. It's uh, well, someone with a voice needs to educate. You know, mm. I I don't think. Yeah, I don't think people like me can educate people much because because <laughs> I'm I'm always going to be preaching to the choir in right. a way. So right. yeah, I don't have the outreach, and I don't think anyone in my industry has because our our outreach is sort of car nuts, car right, right. So you know, they all agree with they all certain... agree with us. Yeah, yeah, and ours yeah. is too to a certain yeah. extent. But I but I I agree yeah. with you that that a car that will be kept in good running order fundamentally forever as opposed to yeah. a quote clean car that may end up in a landfill in 12 or 15 years uh an ev yeah. that 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 whose whose battery might end up in a junkyard in 10 or 15 years that's much sure. dirtier yeah. than a gasoline powered supercar that drives 2000 miles a year for 100 years yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 about life cycle as opposed to you know what's coming mm -hmm. out of the tailpipe today, right? Mm -hmm, so just mm -hmm. you know, what is the life cycle of a Ferrari? It's probably eight years more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The percentage I mean, there, of Ferraris no, or nine elevens yeah, yeah. or something still on the road today yeah. of of all the ones ever built yeah. is astronomically high. Yeah. Surely yeah. that must be very good for the environment. Just take care of stuff. And yeah, of course. I mean, and I would say I'm pretty convinced in the future, you know, you don't even have to answer for it because you'll be able to run your 911 on synthetic fuels. Right. So there, then there is then there is really not that many arguments left, right? Um, yeah. I'd like to get some synthetic fuel. So, I know my friend Harry Metcalf is getting is he's in he's in yeah. the UK, but he's getting drums of the stuff delivered to his house. I don't know if that's yeah. possible in Los Angeles yet, but if do yeah. you do you have to do anything to the car? Do you have to change anything in uh, the car? I don't think so, right? Yeah. It depends on the fuel. Um, uh -huh. so of course the the if you read the marketing blurb, it says, no, you should just fill it and go. Uh, I think there's some fuels is pretty close to the truth. Um, I mean, it's, I, I can actually figure out so, some of them. Some of them, obviously, you need remapping and this and that. And you, right. know, it's, you don't know the long-term long effects yet. 
you know how abrasive it can be with the, on the metals, etc. But right. it's, there's really no reason. It, it it's not like E85. It, it doesn't eat away the metals, you know. So it's so it should 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 yeah. be fine. But uh, I, I'm gonna I would make say, some calls. Uh, I, I'm gonna try and get a drum of the stuff and see and and run it in an old car and see what happens. Give, give your friend Metcalf a call in about yeah. two years from now, and, uh, yeah, and see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see how his how his Countach is holding up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I know which fuel he's running. Uh, so it's this. Um, yeah, I think I know which one it is, and I think that that is uh, very mild. You know, so so, but I'm not sure if it's considered to be a net, you know, net carbon fuel yet. Mm. So you won't be able to get away. But this is still five ten years away from being perfected right right so whilst the fuel works you know i don't think we can say it's is net carbon oh, that's, yeah yet. harry's so, using a sustain classic fuel that's right made yeah. by cory yeah, yeah coryton uh contains 80 yeah. percent renewable content okay it's yeah. 98 ron so, grade it, equivalent to us 94 octane okay yeah oh interesting yeah. i don't know if i can get that so in america but we'll see uh, there, there's going to be some alternatives in America for sure. So, yeah. but I mean that stuff is not. You can't argue it's as green as as batteries probably, but uh, it's at least a huge step in the right direction. Sure. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, Jens, this has been very interesting. Thank you for your time. I uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, I really want to come try the cars. I have to find a way to do that. Uh, maybe I'll convince the magazine yeah. to send me over there for something. That's uh, the theme of the next issue is air. Maybe that'll stand for air travel to Denmark. Well, they have the buttresses <laughs> where the air passes like through the car. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Right. I mean, it's an easy, easy-ish flight. It's it's direct flight to. To yeah, yeah. For you. No, so it's, it's not that bad. It's, it's just, no problem uh, at all. Yeah, and I'll stop in Portugal and have some uh, wine with you. I think. Is the move? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be in Denmark when you come there. But we All can right. do actually. Let's. It depends on when you come. You know, if you come during winter, then I think we're way better off actually doing uh, doing some drives in Spain or Portugal. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it I, on I don't when. need to come to Scandinavia it, it, yeah. in winter. I think we can work around. Not in January. The tourists uh, won't be there, but at the same time, the two thousand horsepower car may struggle for traction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, at at best, yeah. It's, it's literally almost impossible to do any test drives for two yeah. three months of the year. No, so. no but, snow uh, tire fitments but, for these Envo cars. <laughs> we do, but it's still, yeah. It's still not. Uh, it's still not the best experience. Uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's not, probably hairy. Not, not very confidence inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll check out all this stuff at uh, yeah. zenvoautomotive.com. Uh, we'll put the link in the video description. You can learn about these amazing cars. I saw them in person at the Quail. They're they are stunning, and they are put together very well. The carbon work is is gorgeous, and and all the engineering Thank is you. really on display. And that gauge cluster, that gauge cluster. I'm I'm obsessed with the gauge cluster of this car because it is just the most. Be it's the opposite of the of the just of the LCD screen laziness that we're all getting a little too yeah. used to. Um, it's yeah. really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your time, Jens. We we very much appreciate it, and uh, I'll hope to see Likewise. you soon. Likewise, hope to see All you right. soon too. I'll give you a shout when I'm in LA. Yeah. For sure, please come visit right. us in person next time. Uh, thank you for listening, yeah. everybody. We uh, appreciate you all, and we will see you next week.